Hi, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. This is Brian Porter, your host. Uh, on this episode, uh, Carly Cosgrove was coming through. I don't know if you guys realize this, but I live in the Detroit-ish area. And they were on tour a couple months ago with Knuckle Puck. And they were playing at L Club, and I saw that they were coming to town, so I hit them up and said, hey, come on the podcast. And they ended up staying at my house also. I uh, slept in the basement, used my um, shitty little shower. I cleaned it up real good before they got there, left some towels. Good host. You know what I mean? I'm a good podcast host, but an even better uh, makeshift DIY Airbnb host. Um, but yeah, we had a good time doing this interview we had a good time uh i had a good time went to their show um had some problems with the whole guest list looked like an idiot um but eventually was able to get in on the guest list so felt pretty cool after feeling like an idiot when the girl at the door didn't believe me that's always a good time um follow the podcast on instagram invite the neighbors pod twitter at itn pod um you know do yourself a favor dog Go through the archives. We've got lots of podcasts. A lot of cool bands have been on the show if this is your first time listening. If you're a fan of Carly Cosgrove, there's a real good chance that you know a decent amount of the other bands that I've had on this show. I'm not going to name drop a million of them right now, but just go to Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you found this podcast and cycle through the old ones. And, you know, find some shit. Share this podcast. Let people know that it exists. Um, I've been kind of being real slow and lazy about promoting it lately, but we've been around for like a few years, we as in me. Um, I've actually been around for a lot longer than a few years, but the podcast itself has been around for a few years. But uh, anyways, uh, obviously check out Carly Cosgrove's music. If if you're a listener of the podcast and you don't know who they are, I find that unlikely, but do it, you know, I guess. Anyways, um, thank you for listening. Uh, call your mother. My mom's birthday is tomorrow. I will be telling her happy birthday. She's a boy. And uh, honestly, the Kanye West documentary came at a really weird time because I'm just thinking, like, he's literally kind of putting death threats on Pete Davidson. And then also, at the same time, there's this really, really glamorizing, glorifying documentary about him that moved me. I was moved by it. I'm not going to pretend that I didn't enjoy the hell out of it. I just finished it today. Loved it, to be honest with you guys. What does that say about me? I don't know. Nor do I really give a shit, to tell you the truth. Uh, if I was more concerned with my image i might say something different but i'm not so thank you guys for listening to this podcast enjoy carly cosgrove and uh excuse any of like the little shits where we had to pause for bathroom breaks or something else and uh here we go thank you i forgot what the book's called i have no mouth yet i must scream it's supposed to be like the bleakest sci-fi horror like oh really of all time All right, let's test your guys' talkie talks real fast. Hi, uh, this is me talking. Hello, hello everyone. Buenos dias. <laughs> um, yeah, does it sound sound alright? Yeah. Uh, my throat is my voice is like a little shot. Um, is Mine's do I sound like normal? Yeah. No, you okay. Like, cool. It, it sounds fine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you don't have to like speak up or anything like that. You can just talk normal. Or, Amazing. Yeah. Right on.
Yeah. Cool. How'd you guys sleep? Pretty okay. Yeah. Well, you yelled, you slept on the floor. Yeah, I did sleep on the floor. Well, we got in last night and we were all tired and we have air mattresses, but the pumps like a hand pump. You're like like you yeah just, you like, saw like a yeah like a bike pump. <laughs> and I started doing it and I was like, nah, this is not worth it. So I slept on the floor. I got the I bed. S- I was chilling. I slept okay. Funny? I did pump up an air mattress, but I'm kind of heavy. So while I was asleep, it deflated entirely. Yeah. I, I ended up sleeping on the floor that. anyway. Yeah, it happens. You had like a thin layer yeah. of of like whatever. I was essentially sleeping on, of. you know, like the plastic that like serial killers put down in houses before they. Like, That's Dexter sh- or uh, yeah. Patrick Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was essentially sleeping on that. Yeah, because when you deflate an air mattress, it's effectively just that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys like? Have, I'm sure there have been sketchier sleeping arrangements, though. We've actually been pretty lucky. Um, yeah. We've either stayed with, like, people that are, like, very gracious and, and you know, hosted us and gave us a nice place to sleep or um, in, like, motels. Probably the sketchiest place was, like, uh, like just, like, this random red roof in the middle of West Virginia. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? it was a little nasty in there. It was nasty. Oh. There was, like, a dog in the room next door. Which like I'm pretty know. sure the couple like the couple next to us were having an affair. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you say that. Yeah, I don't know why. They just gave me a fair vibes. Just like based off of like what you saw. Yeah. Okay. With the dog. Yeah. The, the same dog. people an affair with the dog. Wow. I. That's fucked up. I have no problems with the dog. I think that enhanced. The, the dog experience. is an innocent party in this. In this. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. odd that they had a dog. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's allowed. I'm going to assume that there was ha- the, the affair was happening because that's more interesting. And so, like, in, th- in situations like that, I would be listening to everything through the context of, yes, they're definitely having an affair. I like that. And this yeah. dog is just, like, this innocent third party just kind of witnessing everything. Mm-hmm. Dogs would be traumatized, if anything. Is there a way that a dog Possibly. could, like, tip off to the other person that they were having an affair, do you think? Oh, you know what? Like that, that's really interesting. Like, say if it was like, um, say if I'm the guy, it's my dog. We're like best friends, all the cliches. And then my girlfriend is having an affair. And she takes my dog, and the dog meets the new guy. Maybe, maybe the that's dog like steals a sock game. out of that the bag. Oh, yeah, true. yeah. Your the, new partner like being homies, like, like, like you're you got a dog, and your partner like, like side bitch like is besties with the dog that's worse yeah, than the actual cheating yeah yeah i wouldn't oh god that is that's fucked up yeah that's really fucked yeah, that's, up man that's why are you guys talking about this shit dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know someone that happened to like her and her boyfriend got a dog together and then they broke up and he kept the dog and she was like really fucked up about it uh, and then like the dude got a new girl and like like the girl would be like posting with the dog and be like my baby that's or, fucking like, crazy or, like, no posting be like our son like you know like 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 cringy dog shit yeah. dog and mom. she was just like destroyed like because she was like that's my dog that's yeah. fucked yeah definitely fucked God, how are people so terrible but like dogs are insane like i know this one girl who uh she was in like a long-term relationship We are experiencing technical difficulty. All right, we're just going to pretend that nothing bad happened to the focus, right? 
Um, and then I was saying how when I saw you guys yesterday, it reminded me, your voice reminded me of the starting line. Okay. And proceed. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I, I think that we try to be, I, I, like, first of all, I really enjoy starting line, although I'm not super familiar with them because they always felt like a more mature version of pop punk to me. Yeah. Like, they always felt like if pop punk went to college, it would sound like starting line. Yeah, it felt it felt more mature and more grounded and more realistic, um, and I always really resonated with that with you know that band particularly. So I, I think it's funny you bring that up. I also got to see um, the band Personnel. Oh yeah, I saw the side project in uh, in Brooklyn in 2019. Oh nice! I didn't know he was still doing that. The, he he's not basically. Um, I went to see the Weatherbox reunion. Oh. Fuck yeah, in dude. Brooklyn, and um, Brian asked Kenny's defunct side project to play the show with them, <laughs> and it was like a three hundred cap room, and it sold out. And I had a headache, and it's like in one of my like top three shows of all time because um, the real band that like you know informs pretty much every fucking thing I do, and they're tired of hearing it as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because it's, like, it's the combination of, like, everything's very intriguing, but the parts aren't, like, it's, like, again, I, I would call Weatherbox, it's, like, it's math rock for people who hate math rock, it's pop yeah. punk for people who hate pop punk, it's emo for people who hate emo. Yeah. The whole thing is, like, we're going to, like, create parts that are complex but sound super natural super organic yeah we're going to create like hooks and melodies that like you know are are super like you know easy to recall that aren't like you know overbearing or or aren't forced yeah um we're going to treat this as like a joke kind of and get meta and you know like yeah it's very like, like stonery yeah like stonery mode which is stonery. which is funny because <laughs> I'm I'm very much not a stoner. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I meant like Weatherbox specifically. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I think it's I think it's funny that I'm like I'm like I'm like sober Weatherbox kind of I guess. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude. I, yeah. I haven't heard that in a while. Weatherbox. Like. Um. Even some of their EPs, like the what was the one like follow the rattle yes. and guitar that's probably that's... the most weather box thing to exist i think because i think everything else has kind of a tone whereas that just like seems like the most like weather boxy thing to exist because it seems like the most middle of the road yeah all of it the production on that like the guitar tone on that ep i remember oh, yeah. is so fucking good dude. like um secret muslims were my favorite tracks of theirs yes um i when i, when I saw them i had a massive headache and i wanted to enjoy it more but like i was like ah not uh, like but i still like had a blast and like i'm hoping they tour again because apparently they're supposed to be working on a new record right now oh andy hole of manchester orchestra is supposed to be producing it Oh, that's pretty dumb. Um, that's yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> if it comes out, it's going to like be my album of the year immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, because uh, I've been waiting. Like me and I think a couple other box fans have been waiting for a new record since like since probably they announced they were coming back in 2019 or so. Yeah. Um, like, but you know they have all these new sessions up, and you know they've kind of revived a lot of their old songs, uh, and you know. In a way, they're back and better than ever. Um, yeah. 
I always thought it was funny they had like, this rotating cast of people on the band too. Like, well, on it's, their, it's just like the Brian guy. It is the like Brian. The it's, it's Brian and friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, they. I guess like Brian. This was like I don't know rumors, maybe, but it's tr- maybe it's true. But like he tried out for Say Anything back in the day. <laughs> That's really funny. That wouldn't and, surprise me. And but then like Max Bemis told him that like he wasn't like good enough or like so like on on the the what's the record with Trippin' the Life Fantastic. Oh, and it dropped the mic. Yeah, I think it's about Max Bemis. There's like some shit on there that's like supposed to supposed to be like references to You basic, thought I was Slayer? I, I don't remember specifically like lyrics or whatever, but like I just remember at the time being told by like music nerds that like he was uh, he started that band after like getting kicked out or like being rejected by saying anything. that wouldn't surprise me. It has that sound, they, they, and then they ended up doing say anything better than say anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I think like you know I would put is a real boy over anything, but like beyond that, I think say anything wasn't at the same level. Like continue. Yeah. Like the records after that weren't kind of like, like Hebrews. Yeah, I mean, it was. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I just, but if I had to say like Weatherbox versus say anything, like is a real boy number one. But then like there's some Weatherbox, like yeah. right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, their Weatherbox are definitely more consistent. Yeah, yeah. Now back nude. Oh, oh sorry, starting. <laughs> no, it's fine. But like Max Bemis does like the, the song shops where like people can pay like seventy five dollars and he'll write a song. Oh, it's bullshit. They're what? so terrible. That's, That's so funny. Just sure yeah like people have posted on reddit like he must have been really depressed when he made this one it's just like the worst quality it's like two minutes of him just going like eric or like that's actually hilarious yeah i was like i can't i'm not even really mad at at him for that (laughs) i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna like pay him for that you gotta know what's up like you gotta know what to expect yeah yeah if a song's only worth 75 dollars like i think about our music and i'd like to think all our songs are worth more than 75 (laughs) dollars so you're kind of getting what you pay for yeah for like a whole piece of art yeah yeah (laughs) that's so funny though we should write a song like eric (laughs) it's gonna be on the next album it's a little catchy but like in terms of uh, your guys' music, you know, obviously I don't want to like, people probably ask you about your name all the time and I'm not going to do that. But I think it, it definitely suggests that you have like a sense of humor, you know? Yeah. So like, where does that come into like your, the music itself? Is it just like kind of the name is like a attention grabber and that the music is more serious, but like, or do you kind of like keep a sort of like that tongue in cheekness in the lyrics too, or? Depends on the song, I think. Would you agree? I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say it's, while it is this silliness, I would go further and say it's more nostalgic, if anything. And the nostalgia definitely informs a lot of uh, Mm. the music and lyrics. I mean, because I know, like, you get a lot of your lyrics from, like, you know, saying, like, Buttersock was, like, a saying from, like, a teacher you had when you were uh, young, right? Yeah, I had, I had a teacher in seventh grade who used to say to us when studying, they'd go, um, you know, a little a lot is better than a lot a little. And it stuck out to me, and I, like, kind of you know, chopped it. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, nostalgia definitely, like, informs a lot of what we do. Um, and I know it informs a lot of what Lucas writes in terms of lyrics. Mm-hmm. 
hope that teacher hears this and is like, oh shit. Shout out, Mr. Yeah. McCauley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pre- like, well. I've been thinking about that as soon as you said it, and I'm like, what does that even mean? It sounds cool. It's like we're studying. Like, oh, okay. Like if you, like if you, like you know, if you do like maintenance study instead of cram, you're gonna learn the stuff better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck that. I'm never gonna. I I never did that. I always did a lot of little. Yeah, yeah, a lot of little, yeah, a lot of little, you know, um, not much retention going on. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I think because of, because of the nature of the band, it definitely made me go back and like, you know, think about like my personal childhood and like, you know, kind of my upbringing and like things I was told and things I heard. And like, you know, there's like, you know, I, I've been writing allusions to like really like kind of obscure just shit from my childhood. Like there's a, there's a book called, um, how to be perfect in just three days. Oh, that's that I had a teacher force me to like, like not force me to read, but like suggest I read and I read it because, um, I I was, you know, really hard on myself as a kid. Still, I'm pretty hard on myself as an adult now. But yeah, um, and like I got some, I got, I got some interesting kind of like memories. Like looking back on that, um, also like you know all those like dumb like. I guess adages they post in like gym classes, like shoot for the moon. And if you, yeah, like, yeah. All, like every time I see one of those, I, I kind of been thinking, okay, how can I like twist this to make it like more realistic to, you know, the reality of being an adult? Because I think the thing with like being kind of a kid is like, you know, the world is such a simpler, more fair, more honest place. When you get to be an adult, you realize that like, <laughs> uh, it's very much not that. And so I think if, if, if anything, like, you know, we're kind of calling back to, maybe the universal truths that we've gotten to learn as kids that for some reason aren't really carried into adulthood that make us all fucking depressed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. No, that's pretty legit. So there is a, there is a comfort in, 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 in looking to the past when it was, you know, a bit, a bit less complex and a bit more kind. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Cause like, I think at, at face value, you don't, you don't know what you're going to get from a band called Carly Cosgrove. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, have, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that that's, that's not a knock. I'm just saying like, uh, that's like the honest perception. Like initially it's like, Oh, I wonder if this is like serious. So it's like, I love interviewing bands like this because then you get to see like what is behind all of that. You know, it's, it's really interesting too, because you know, we get, it's, it's usually like one of two things. It's either, Okay, this is like a singer songwriter. This is Carly Cosgrove, yeah. and we're we're like the band. Yeah, or we get the this is like a shitty meme band. Like I'm not even gonna bother listening to them. And I like surprising people. Yeah, I I I kind of enjoy that connotation because then when we take the stage and we are playing like fast, like you know, like rock songs, like I don't yeah. know. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of like that. I yeah, I like doing anything to where whether that's like. Like, the, when we play, we set up a stage with, like, a bunch of flowers and shit. Like, we, you know, mm. I, I like doing anything, and the name can accomplish the same thing, but anything where, like, you're setting expectations beforehand that maybe are misleading, or, yeah. like, you're making people think, like, oh, this could, e- this could easily be bad, or this could, this could, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I love, I just love that, because I think it adds just a little extra enjoyment to when you actually kill it you mm-hmm. know that it, it just 
I, I like doing anything to where it's like people think like, oh, if they're not good, then that's extra shitty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you just like go out of your way to to do things that are like different or like funny or whatever, but then you're still good, you know. I think that's just like a a way to keep it interesting for yourself. Yeah, for sure. What about um your guys's writing recording process? Like, I mean, do you guys? kind of write collaborate as a group or do you have like a songwriter that just like kind of brings it to the band or how do you guys like structure like that sort of thing um i like to joke that um like i, I you know i'll bring ideas to to ty and helen and they'll kind of roman emperor me yeah <laughs> it's, the power of veto. it's true yeah veto. um you know, and, and Ty and Helen are both really good at, like, punching up script, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you know, but but also when we do discuss things, it's always, you know, the process of writing, you know, while, while you know, you know, while like, a lot of ideas might come from, you know, a, a couple of people per song, um, you know, the process of writing and finishing the song is very democratic. And when we, like... You know, we have to provide like really solid rationale as to why we do stuff. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of like, oh, we shouldn't do this because I don't like it. It's a matter of, oh, we shouldn't do this because we need to think about like, how are we building tension in the song? How are we releasing the tension? Like, we, you know, we we take a lot of stuff into account when we're kind of putting these together and kind of crafting this. Like, oh, like, you know, are we trying to are we trying to leave space? Like, like mm-hmm. you know, like a guitar part might be too complicated for over like a vocal, so I'll be like, okay, well, I gotta dumb it down. You yeah, know, because otherwise it's going to be too busy. Like, you know, I, I kind of all, we we kind of all subscribe to the idea of like, okay, there has to be at least one thing that kind of you know um, you know takes up the listener's attention at all times. So we got to make sure there aren't any moments that are like particularly yes. like you know that'll that'll lose somebody. That so I like, can if the vocals leave, like you got to either go big or like do something different in kind of the middle part just to keep yeah. someone's attention because like it's it's tough to do that is something i can appreciate so much because like i i straight up get bored with Mm. music like not i mean a lot of like smaller bands or like local bands i hear they just like they don't understand that and like they're they're still figuring it out you know giving the benefit of the doubt but they haven't figured that out yet so there's like just a verse that's like exactly the same as the one before it and there's not like anything to where it's like i can't be expected to like hold my attention that long if you're not giving me anything you know especially like the longer a genre has existed too it's like the more likely that i've heard something that's like exactly the same Mm -hmm. so you have to like kind of like what you said like you have to be conscious of like giving people things to keep their attention because like you could write a song that in 2004 was a fucking banger Mm -hmm. but if you write it in 2021 it's like I've heard it a million times. So how is it different? There's a band you that's know. name rhymes with this pound needs puns, and um, <laughs> and while they have really interesting riffs, it's the same riff over and over and over. Yeah, again. that's just and, like uh, and, uh, and it you know then the lyrical content feels like it's kind of a poem that's forced over the song, mm. and yeah. you know it, I, <laughs> it never. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, like it's, 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 it's tactful and it's interesting, but you know, it, it never resonated with me because it, it, it kind of took you to one place and stayed there for the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like our, like our music is, uh, like I try to make dynamics, like the most important thing, 
you yeah. know, like loud and soft. My only worry sometimes is that like, and maybe you guys can relate to this at some extent, but like, like our record starts off like slow and like, mm. like acoustic and it like slowly builds before like the full band comes in. And I'm like, are people going to get to the part? <laughs> where oh, the full band comes are in? Really, yeah. 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 That's, we, we've had a, that struggle too with um, like Freddie Benson. Yeah. This example. Um, Cause it's got that like very long, slower intro. Yeah. And I think that, I think that that song is like very, very catchy. It's like super hard, but sometimes I'm like, damn, did that intro like deter people from like putting up? Well, what I've realized is the hard, like the really hardcore fans of of our band will be like, oh, that's the best song. Like, yeah. Because like, maybe it's because they have the patience or, you know, but like that is like the song that sticks out of them. And so when we don't play it, they'll be like, ah, it's a shame they didn't play their best song or whatever. I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's it's really interesting too because I would say like um, early in the band when we were first recording this EP we actually thought about that a lot with um, sequence sequencing especially mm. um, whereas I think we all agreed at the time that um, uh, our song not my job would have been a really nice closer to to like a five song EP uh, but something that worried me a lot is I was afraid that <laughs> no one would get to it you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was always in the camp that like, if, if you release music for the first time, you got to come out fucking like swinging. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then na- I, I would say now we have the luxury to like, really like come up with like a very cohesive art piece. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I was worrying about too. Cause like, we just literally put out our first record a week ago. Oh, right on. Yeah. And Congrats. thanks. Yeah, dude, long time fucking coming. I bet. Yeah. But, um, I, and it, it is more of like a, I tried to like go halfway with it to where the beginning, I mean, no, like it's a, it's an EP, I guess in length, it's like 25 minutes, but it also has like an intro interludes. It's like structured, like a, like a concept record. Oh, that's so cool. Like, and I think like, I'm going to try to uh, maybe encourage more bands to do something like that. I think the next record, I might do the same, like instead of, you know, putting out just an EP with just like four or five songs and like no real things to like tie them all together. You know, like these are the good songs or whatever, like having it feel like an LP with like the intros and like the little interludes and things that make it feel cohesive, but also only give people like 25, 30 minutes max of music to digest so that like you can have the feel of like a, like a full ass art record without, having to worry so much like are people going to digest the whole thing and i think like that's something to explore that i don't see a lot of bands doing that you know because it's either an ep which is like a almost like a sampler of what's to come or it's like a 45 to hour long full length you know I mean, it's it's hard right now there are there are bands that do it really well <laughs> I, mean, I mean i mean it's not so much cinematic but i do think yeah. that like people like david was on yeah capture your attention especially on like um winners never quit is a great i think a great example of like you know Mm. weaving a really strong narrative through only eight songs which is technically an ep yeah um or like i guess even shorter um the only reason i feel secure is again like you know like kind of that really weird line between like oh this is kind of a narrative but also it's like just super cynical the whole time like yeah um (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we're talking about vocal influences also. David Bazan, 
is I think probably a writing influence less so, so good. like 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 early Pedro Bazan is like a like a lyrical influence whereas late Pedro Bazan is kind of a vocal influence Pedro Bazan that's good um, <laughs> like, like like I I really like the head you know are you familiar with headphones. Project called Headphones is a song called Gas and Matches that is really stellar. Shit. Um there's, like, there's a version with uh, with I think Deerhoof on like a split mm. that um is like like is like one of my favorite vocal performances ever. Oh fuck. I'm taking mental notes here. I think I think this whole conversation is extremely interesting. It's making a little turn. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. No, no, it's fine. Oh. And the reason I say that is because I think the way music release now is kind of hurts DIY in a sense. Um, mm. Because when I think about like, you know, the most popular music in the world uh, that's coming out right now, you know, like the Kanye's and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that it's often, you know, your album is essentially a shotgun blast that Spotify curators will go through, pick the songs that everyone's going to like. And those are the songs you listen to and everything else more or less gets forgotten. You know, we yeah. see that with like, a lot of the mm. trap artists coming out. Um, and I feel with, you know, just kind of how our world is structured, all the advertisements we see, our, our attention spans are fucked. Yeah. I feel like it's harder and harder for new artists to kind of uh, create their art without having to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I find myself in a spot where it's like, I want to be successful. So like, to a certain extent, I feel like I need to pay attention to how things work and play the game a little bit, but yeah. also want to maintain enough of like what makes me even interested in making music in the first place, which is like, you know, creating art. And, you know, like I, I would never make a record that's not like a front to back piece of art, you know, like that's yeah. just my thing. But yeah. like, I also recognize that that's not for everybody and a lot of people don't even want to consume music that way they just want to listen to 35 to 40 seconds of a song and then fix pick the next one yeah you know it's it's and that's just the world you know like like you said like you have some hardcore fans that will listen to everything and i feel like the records that i'm gonna end up making are for those people yeah and then the singles music video whatever that that's for the other brand of people that are still valuable in in the sense of like an overall fan base yeah but it's it's so interesting too because it's like you know when i think of like the term like like selling out or whatever yeah i used to think that was like like a dirty term where it's like oh shit like you're turning your back on your fans type thing and it's like the more we do this project they realize that it's like in terms of music being released like sometimes it's just like a necessary evil um yeah not suggesting that we plan on, on on doing anything that isn't true to our hearts, but um, yeah, I mean, just releasing music is is very scary right now. I feel because of that exact thing. Yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, like if one thing doesn't hit, well, once you put music out, it's just out. You can like promote, re-promote, mm-hmm. however you want. Like at any, like that's something I'm kind of trying to get myself to chill out like literally i've had like i said a record out for a week and i'm thinking like fuck man i need more streams blah 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 and i'm like freaking out like how do i do this i'm like dude it's literally gonna be out forever yeah like this is true it's it's all good like i'm just chill out and like you can if like a new marketing strategy comes up and you've like oh shit i wish i would have had would known about that when i first put this out it's like hey duh you can just do it now 
Hey, like, Lizzo, Lizzo put out her record yeah, we were just in talking 2018. About What's that? Lizzo put out her record in 2018. Yeah. It didn't it didn't pop off for what, like a year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends though, because I think when you're like a DIY artist, you're already so small that you yeah. have like mm. the room to grow and do different things. But I think when you become to like a certain like largeness as an artist, like the marketing becomes more important. Like a lot like it's like insane how much marketing is tailored for specifically getting on a spotify playlist because that's yeah. like the huge way most bands like gain followers this way but then you also have something like tiktok that you can take a song that's been out for years and then re introduce it yeah um it just kind of depends um i, I feel like honestly those are like the two biggest way people are blowing up that being said so, yeah. i'm i'm kind of an i'm kind of an old-fashioned stalwart for you know, holding on to maybe that weird kind of prehistoric truth that like, hey, <laughs> if the art's good, people will notice. Yeah. I, I'd like to think there's still at least some sort of like kind of populist, um, you know, grassroots appeal that's going to trump everything else. But, you yeah, know, well, you never know. <laughs> it's kind of right. like there's so many different like things you have to consider with the way you like both write the music and release it. Like, um, we've come in with, like, the most recent single we released and stuff. Like, there's been a lot of debates of, like, are we, like, marketing this for the fans we already have? Or are we marketing this to, like, get new fans? Like, who are we, like, doing the service for? Like, is this a decision that's, like, more artistic? Or is this a decision that's more, like, promotional? Um, Yeah. it's, It's really kind of, like, finding that balance where, like, you can be satisfied with, like, the way your music is received and the way it makes you feel. Yeah. And I think you always want to be thinking about like, how do you get new people in Mm -hmm. and hopefully the people that are already fans, it'll work for them too. You know what I mean? Cause they're, they're paying attention. They'll see, you know, yeah, that, you know, and then like those conversations are so necessary to have, but they're also so fucking draining on my soul. You know, I just feel like, God, it's so like, I wish I didn't have to do it. I wish I didn't have to think about things that way. I wish, you know, I wish you could just make the record. I mean, it's, you can to a certain point where you're just fucking huge and that, that is how it works. I yeah, feel yeah. like, but you just make the thing and then you hand it off and it gets distributed to millions of people, you know, yeah. <laughs> but alas, you know, it's not that way. And you can, you have to be smart about it and you have to like, think about how is this working and like the Spotify playlists and that type of shit. How do you like what have you guys' experience been with that? Because I another thing I like to do on this podcast is like because I feel like a lot of uh bands who are in, in my position or like you know just starting out or whatever, like I like to ask questions that would like help them to know. And like, what is what would you say, like give like advice or tips or like a little bit on how that process works for bands like trying to get on playlists and stuff? Um. <laughs> So, honestly, the playlists are pretty hard to reach unless you have, like, already an established following. Yeah. I'll say that, like, where we are now, that's, like, a goal for us. If it's, like, your first release, it's next to impossible to get on a Spotify playlist. If you're a small artist, what you're going to want to look for more of is... So, on Spotify, there's, like, algorithmic playlists. Mm-hmm. That's your Discover Weekly, your radios, your daily mixes. Um, mm. And then there's, like, the curated playlists, which are, like, the... The best ones yeah um that's like you're like oh like um like hard rock like best in punk right now like the scene like yeah yeah that's the, the real heavy hitters um 
that's like a lot harder without like a team like a marketing team or like like that's just next to impossible unless you have yeah um, music already out um the discover weeklies are a lot more um that's probably like your next best bet after that um which you just need to have like a really good song that like the algorithm likes and enough people listen to it where Spotify's like, you know, we're going to throw this on other people's discover weeklies and yeah. they'll discover it. Um, I'd say that the other good thing is like release radar. So that is every Friday. Um, and that is going to put your band on, th- they'll put your band on that playlist if they think like, you know, um, it's recently released and, um, like they think that the listener's gonna like it. Um, mm. So another good thing that helps with that is if somebody's already following your Spotify, it automatically goes in that playlist. Oh, okay. So trying to like encourage people to like just follow your Spotify, not just like listen to it. Yeah. Cool with that. Um, and honestly, I feel like a big thing that helped us is like we found a community of bands that like people also like that we be were able to gain like social media traction with, like. Um, pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic, the the main thing that boosted us was Origami Angel put us as their um their like artist pick on their Spotify, and oh, gained okay. like five hundred monthly listeners like in a day. Yeah, oh, um, that's pretty tight. And then we kind of started getting into the DIY Twitter scene that they are a part of. So we found bands that um you know people also listen to and kind of curated like a community like Oolong, Agra the Nerd, um bands like that. So then, you know, you can have like social media sticks with them yeah. and gain their followers and, you know, like shout each other out. But then you kind of make a community of people that all listen to that same kind of music mm-hmm. and you're going to like show up on each other's like, um, like, like art, similar artists and other people's like radio mixes. So then you can get like, if you listen to Oolong Radio, you'll get like Carly Cosgrove on there and then yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the algorithm you need to have like, like connections between like the listeners and like similar bands. Like if we, if the people that listen to us, like only listen to like, like say like there's like 500 Carly Cosgrove listeners and like 250 of them also listen to one artist and like the other 250 people listen to another artist, but they don't mix it all. It's like a lot harder, but when you find a community where you can like cross a lot of followers, it works very well in the algorithm. In, in summary, I would say like for, for newer artists, probably like the best thing you could do. Um, you know, if you're not on a label, that's going to do marketing for you. If you don't have a manager, that's going to do marketing for you. The best (laughs) thing you could do is just be involved in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, like Helen said, it is unrealistic to to get on these like huge spot. I mean, yes, you could have like a crazy single that just goes off, but I mean, yeah. the likelihood of that is low. So I the think best it's thing good you to be realistic like, about that too. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the best thing you could do is is just show up in your community, be extremely involved, talk to as many people as possible. Go to um, shows. Yeah, go yeah, to shows. So yeah. that's a huge one that a lot of people just like don't understand. Yeah. Um, I didn't for the longest time. That's why I made this podcast was because like that's awesome though. Yeah, like I need to. I didn't like going to shows. Yeah, that I wasn't playing. I know that's like a shitty yeah. mentality, but like sometimes it's just like, uh, it's it's like the the, the FOMO involved mm-hmm. in like going to a show and not being able to play and being like, oh, I want to be doing this so fucking badly. Yeah. But like now, now that I have this podcast, like I 
have met so many people now i go to shows and like i know people at the shows and it's like wow it actually is like a community i don't feel yeah. like right. the outcasts anymore i have i have kind of a kind of a different take on this than maybe either you or helen <laughs> give up your dreams no it's my 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 genuine opinion is um the only people you have to please when you make art are yourselves fuck spotify fuck the algorithm just put it on Bandcamp and call it a day <laughs> i definitely agree i think honestly as a band we kind of have a spectrum like lucas is very like artistically oriented and i'm very more like marketing oriented um and i don't know i've i've played in a band for like three years and i thought we released amazing art but if it didn't gain traction it, it can become deterring yeah um it can be like if you're doing that for like six years and like i don't know it, it can definitely get like yeah. a little um mm -hmm. like taxing on you yeah. If, yeah if you feel like your art isn't appreciated also um so again, it's really more about like finding the balance. Um, yeah. Another thing that I think is unique about our band and, and kind of its dynamic is we were all three before we joined the band, we were all kind of the de facto leaders of our prior bands. Yeah. So when we got together, there was no one person who was like, I'm the leader. We all kind of took charge in kind of our own respective things. Like, like while, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm pretty childlike <laughs> to yeah. some extent. So Ty and Helen are really good at reeling me in. Um, you know, you know, we all kind of have our strengths, but no one person in our band is like the de facto leader. We all kind yeah. of lead and we yeah. do make decisions very democratically. And um, you know, and we we function kind of as like a three musketeers sort of thing, like where you know we will we will we will keep each other in check, but we will also like be there for each other when we, need, when we need to be yeah no that's tight like that uh like in my band too like i, I it, it is nice having that because like i have i'm like the leader i guess well i am for sure i always say i guess to make myself sound like less like an asshole but I, <laughs> it's like i am but the there's two other people that like have their own bands where they're like the front people yeah. of them yeah. so it makes it a lot easier to like not have to fight for creative control you know what i mean yeah. like because they if 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 i have like final say on something and i take input obviously you know i'm not like a crazy person but like if, if i get final say on this then they don't need to like have all of their ideas be realized in this band because mm -hmm. like they literally have their own outlet and i think it's like healthy to it, it acknowledge like you know if you if you're the type of person like me, like you have to have at least one thing where it's like your thing, then you should do that. And then it, it makes it a lot easier. Cause like sometimes people will be in bands. Like I've been in bands with people where like they, they didn't realize it maybe, but they needed to be the person that was like directing the decisions and stuff. And they just, I'm like, well, you should have your own project. Yeah. you know like it's like because i you hate like stipe okay yeah the focus right keeps shitting out on me but um we'll wrap here soon but yeah like like i said before it's nice to have like helpful tips and stuff and i know that you wanted to kind of give us some wisdom on work in social media for a band and i think uh that's one of the things i hate the most 
about being in a band is Helen's having to do guru. that. Helen's but the guru. I am open to hear. Um, yeah, I think, like, at the core, you really need, like, a solid group of homies to help promote your music on social media. Like, I don't think we would have gotten as much hype as, like, I don't know, if you see, like, everyone posting, um, like, a new single by a band, you're gonna be like, oh shit, all these people are posting it? Like, I wanna post it. So, like, having your friends just, like, hype you up on social media helps a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's just, like, having the content, like, Mm -hmm. being able to come up with, like, um, photo sets or, like, something funny that you can put out there that people are going to enjoy, um, and it's, like, you need to have, like, some consistency, too. Like, if you're mm-hmm. always seeing, like, Carly Cosgrove pop up in your feed, if you're always having something that, like, people can look at and people can share, like, you know, we're humans, we see shit a lot. Right. It, st- it sticks in our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, like, interesting releases. Um, like, I think part of why, like, Buttersock did really well is, like, we actually, like, the socks in that EP we took to, like, two shows we played the weekend before it released. And we just took pictures of people with the socks. <laughs> like, like, wearing Yeah, them. created, like, a whole branding. So then we'd post them, and people would be in them, and they'd be like, oh, shit, I'm going to share this, because look at me, like, the band posted. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then it's just, like, free marketing. Um, yeah. And just, like, also setting yourselves apart. Like, we've made it very easy with ourselves with the iCarly theme. Yeah. Um, But, like, there's so many, you know, bands that they're just, like, not that they're just, like, every other band, but it unfortunately these days the scene's so saturated that if you don't have something that kind of like sets you apart like you are going to get missed yeah every even band. if your music's good at, which is a shame because i'm sure like right. your music can be really good but unfortunately that's like the reality of today if mm-hmm. like your cover art sucks if um <laughs> right you know your your posts are like super generic if you don't show personality if you don't show who you are it's going to get swept under yeah I think that, um, you know, bands do have, you know, every band does have something unique. It's just that uniqueness doesn't always translate to social media. Yeah. So I, my yeah. favorite bands have very difficult r- relationships with social media. Yeah. And that make amazing art. Uh, and it's a shame because when you meet them in real life, you're like, oh, my God, you're such a funny, enigmatic, right. unique, authentic person. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I wish, like, I truly wish that translated but it's also sometimes it's hard to convey the essence of a person over fucking 280 characters on Twitter. Right. You know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta be around people. You gotta make it a point to interact with people. Like, and also there are people who are very enthusiastic and enigmatic and like, you know, kind of zany on Twitter who are the most mild mannered, polite people you'd meet in real life. And you'd be like, yeah. oh, are you the same person? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes people curate, a, like, you know, curate a brand. I think, like, there is, like, in, in anything, you know, Twitter, like, the stage is it's kind of a performance. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I feel like we've definitely kind of come across that now that, like, the pandemic's kind of, like, ending a bit. Like, the whole quarantine, I think, at the beginning, Twitter was, like, very strong. And then, like, you know, so much shit has happened since then that, you know, it's the community changes. Um, and now that like shows are back, it's kind of like less on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and people are like meeting in real life, which is like very cool and interesting. Um, but it's definitely like not the same because that's not like the only outlet we have. Right. Um, but yeah, kind of like what Lucas said, like everyone does have personality. Sometimes it doesn't translate to social media, but it's really more about like tapping into like 
what like what like your strong suits and trying to like put it out there um yeah because like yeah everyone does have personality i feel like i've like come across bands where like um like they have like 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 have the potential to do really funny shit but they're just not putting it out there right like your friend makes a funny joke at band practice tweet it just yeah. just just tweet it that's like half our tweets yeah um like you take a funny selfie post it on your instagram story yeah just like show your personality um come up with content like uh, get creative with it um and like if you're doing something fun with your bandmates like just post about it yeah just like put it out there the coolest thing about music is that while the music can be creative so can the the way you put it out right yeah and i think a lot of people miss that i, like I think to- i think now more than ever too even though we have shorter attention spans i think people are more interested now in the process of how things are made yeah which i love because i think that's also like such a cool part of, of of it of it too like oh yeah i would love to sit on the recording and mixing sessions of some of my favorite records like i think i think there are more people who you know are interested in oh, how they do that you know like than than not and i think there are more people who like want to you know who want to learn for themselves and find out themselves and i think that's a very valuable kind of sect of the internet that you know it's 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 made us a little more inquisitive than than we may have been prior. Yeah. Well, you know, I I know you guys got to get to Chicago, Chicago, uh, yeah. Chicago. But yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, coming through, and my basement will never be the same. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, we'll feel that energy the next time we go practice down there. Thank right you so on. Much for yeah. Our yeah. Essence in there. We're yeah. gonna go drive five hours to slap a bean. Yeah, yeah, you want to slap that bean, dude. You know what? I've been there, and I'm just like, I mean, of all the things the city has to offer, like this is the, this is the thing that people. It's just like a metallic blob. Yeah, I I don't understand. Why is why is Boston called Bean Town when the bean is in Chicago? (sighs) Hey, I I honestly couldn't tell you. I didn't know that Boston was Bean Town. I knew that there was a Bean Town. Isn't Boston Bean Town? Oh fucking hell! No, I think it is. It's, I think it's a baseball thing. Like, I've always hear it, like, in reference to the Red Sox. But, I, yeah, I, I don't fucking know. But, hey, let people know where they can find your music and your social media and all that shit. Um, you can find this on TikTok, Deezer, uh, <laughs> Tidal. <laughs> um, Helen, you guys. Oh, I was going to say, like, all of our ads are at AliExpress. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say that again. Yeah. Here. All of our ads are at Carly Cosgrove, PA. Um, uh, you can look up Carly Cosgrove and find just about anything. With, um, yeah. Hopefully, sometimes you come across like someone named Carly Cosgrove. I think there's like a volleyball player for some college. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes she pops up, but... Miranda Cosgrove <laughs> pops up a lot. Yeah, Miranda Cosgrove, of course. Um, the goal is to get her to listen to your band. That would yes. be fantastic. I would cry. Yeah. And AOs, follow us on Spotify and pay close attention. Yes. yes. Especially um, in like February. Yeah, it really thank you so much. much. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Talking to you in the hospitality. Um, Fuck yeah. yeah this has been great. It's been a good one.